0: Glad you could join us. My name is Jim Allen. I am the host of the Carmack podcast and also the vice president of client services at the organization. Uh, this is our first podcast, so it's our maiden voyage, and we're all very excited to, to produce this podcast for all of you. And our, our feature conversation of the podcast is Richard and his wife, Linda. He is our founder, chairman, CEO, and Richard has an interesting story to tell. So we're not focused on what Carmack necessarily does or doesn't do, but it's more of a story of the Sheen family business and how it grew into a company we know as Carmack. So I hope you enjoy this episode and looking forward to your feedback. (laughs) All right, I'm taking mine off because I want it to just be a conversation, and we're going to pretend these are just candelabras. Do you actually know Morse code? I do not. I was in the military, and I, you know, I have some disorder uh, with attention. And I, I know there's some beeping and stuff, but I didn't catch all of it. Yeah. So, But, you know, the podcast thing is super cool well, and you're interesting. you are actually sending, do it again, what you just did. What, the de- did I spell something? Oh, you know it? Oh, my God, I probably said a bad word. No, no, no. no. <laughs> that was the you call.
1: What did I just say? Deet, 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 deet de 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 da 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 would be like
0: CQCQ. That's incorrect. What I is... said was congratulations on 35 years of Carmack <laughs> <barnab anchor> history. <laughs> uh, there could have been a deet that was off, though.
1: <laughs> there you go. Probably one. <laughs>
0: yeah, there you go. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I, you know, it's fun that we're doing this well, podcast because I don't think there's a lot us. of that. In our industry, do what? There's not a lot of uh, podcasts in our industry. No, and I've looked and haven't seen a lot.
2: Mostly financial people.
0: A lot of financial, a lot of business stuff, but yeah. heavy-duty software companies are yeah. they're, they're tough to find a podcast. So the now thought how was, do we
1: think we'll promote the podcast as long as we're doing it. I guess. You no, know, how how will we promote it?
0: How? Uh, Cindy Sims is going to help with that. <laughs> Cindy Sims is our director of support. This was her idea. I, I want to say on record that Cindy Sims is the genius behind the podcast. I think as Jim tried to take credit for it. And then, uh, we will, We'll promote it through marketing. We'll promote it through like just people when we upload the pod, podcast to iTunes people can search even if you just put in like heavy duty trucking or something. someone will come across our podcast and maybe listen to it. Uh, we'll promote it. It'll be tied in with everything that we do.
1: Have you? Have you? Are you aware that um, I, I also tweet stuff about
0: every day? That's perfect. Richard is a tweeting maniac. No, in not, fact, not we, maniac, <laughs> we we were in, <laughs> maniac in a good way. Richard, he's gonna fire me after this. I know it. So we were in one of the leadership meetings, and this was about a month ago. And uh, somehow Twitter or something was brought up, and uh, you know, Richard had mentioned that he has a Twitter account. And he tweets and. We were asking how many followers he had, and, and I think it was Adam Madsen goes, well, I guess he's going to have one more after this meeting, meaning we're going to start following because we didn't know. And I so I follow Richard now, and he does a, a lot of tweeting and a retweeting on industry stuff. Well, so. Mostly
1: retweeting industry stuff, yeah.
0: And what's your what's your handle? Uh, J.R. Sheen. J.R. Sheen. <laughs> and it's interesting because when I was trying to memorize how to spell your name, I kept thinking it's I before E except after C unless it's Richard Sheen. No. So it's, it's actually it's German. German. In
1: German, it, vowel is, when you ever you have I and E together, it's the second vowel that's pronounced. So Mar- Martin Sheen that everybody talks about said, so, "Oh, that's the real way to spell Sheen." Well, actually, that's it's, his name is not last name is not Sheen anyway. It's Velasquez, right? S-H-E-S. Right, right, right. Estevez, 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 yeah, yeah. Estevez That's his. That's his son. That's his actual name. But S H E E N is a lot easier to remember how to spell or how to pronounce it.
2: So but, do you want to share with them your um, C B handle?
0: Oh, I gotta hear this. Oh, truck doctor? Yeah. <laughs> Come back on, give me a break that, one was back in the
1: days, that was back in the days when we were selling truck parts. The truck doctor. Yeah, truck doctor. People say truck doctors so are your mechanic? Nope. Sell parts for trucks. Like, oh.
0: So let's talk about that. So that's a good segue into what we're talking about is CarMax thirty, 50 year in business and where it all started so sheen body tell me about that and how that came to be and How you decided that you thought it'd be pretty fun to open a software company?
1: Well, I have to think about the years involved but sheen body started in 19 well sheen body started as sheen metal works and supply in 1948 on, on Broad Street in Carlinville kind of where the BP station is now or used to be BP I think they've changed that too but uh, so I'm probably putting way too much detail in there. Not at all. Uh, did your parents start that business yes, then? My dad my dad came in and bought out a welding shop and changed the name of the company from what it was before Travis Metalworks to Sheen to actually Sheen Metalworks and Supply was the name they first had. And then after a couple of years of doing farm machinery repair primarily, uh, they figured out that they were not going to stay busy during the winter. They stayed busy over the summer, really busy in the spring and the summer and the early fall and then it was just dead and mackerel all year all winter long. So to prevent starving to death, they started looking at the idea of building truck bodies and they built bodies to haul cans of milk in from the from the farmers for prairie farms dairy. They weren't selling them to prairie farms directly. they were selling them to, to the truckers that brought it in and they, they were they owned their own trucks and bodies. And uh, then that led to doing more truck equipment work, different types of truck and trailer work. And over the years that became the major part of the business. I, I, I've left out in there, I guess, so far in the story that dad also decided at one point, well found out he could become a J.I. Case dealership. And he always thought that would have been really cool to be a farm machinery dealer. So he signed up with J.I. Case and Sheen Body was a J.I. Case. So it became Sheen Body and Equipment Company or I think for a while it was Sheen Equipment Company, It's had three or four names over the mm-hmm. years. Forget the, forget the memorizing every one of them. But eventually, Sheen bought an equipment company is what it was.
0: And then you decided to go to work for Dad, or did he?
1: Uh, yeah, I, I figured that I would do other things. And then in, in college, I was a physics and math major. And then at SIU in Carbondale, I said I made, I met two sort of loves of my life, one of them being my wife, Linda,
0: I was hoping that I met say toward that. the end of
1: that first <laughs> that, that one year that I was there, and on a blind date we went out. And then the other one was I ran into this guy who introduced me to computers and suggested I audit a computer class in Fortran, which I did. And then by the I don't think it was the next quarter, but the following quarter, I was the lab instructor for the Fortran course. So that was cool. So I worked yeah. for the computer computer department there at SIU and really got to do some fairly. Uh, involved projects, writing stuff in machine code and things like that back then. It was it was for, you know, some Fortran, some stuff in Algol. I wrote subroutines for Algol and some other languages. So it was, it was an interesting experience. Mm-hmm. And then I figured that I would try to follow that career. And about in 64, no, 63, uh, the, the, the year after I graduated from college, my parents decided that they would incorporate the company and have my brother and I be minor owners of the company at that time, if we were interested in doing that. But that wasn't gonna to apply to me unless I was gonna be home and involved with the business. So myself and my new hope to be bride in the future, and I spent a lot of hours talking about that. Uh, what, what would be the better, better path for me? And so we ended up to come home and end up coming home and getting involved with the family business. And Body built grain and livestock bodies, steel and aluminum dump trailers, uh, what we called equipment loaders, bodies that would tilt and roll back to load farm machinery on it and for farm machinery dealers. And, uh, and then over a period of time started their own trucking company. They started a parts business that grew pretty big and managing the inventory for that parts business was what I got involved in computers again. But it was, it was 12 years after leaving Carbondale that I got involved with computers again wow, at, right. at Sheenbody, so it was quite a while. And we started out with uh, Miley digital hardware uh, that was all Nixie tubes, like a screen of, I don't know if you've ever seen a Nixie tube, but it'd be kind of like a, it's a vacuum tube hmm. that would have the ability to show every letter of the alphabet and every number in it, and about four characters besides that, like a period and a dash and things like that. Not very much. Right. And it was designed by some engineers from uh, McDonnell Douglas. And then after using that for a period of time in conjunction with a Burroughs B700 computer that we ran on because the parts business was generating lots and lots of invoices and there was always special pricing for different customers and things like that. And then we started looking at could we go buy a system that was really designed for this and found out we could not. It was, there were ones designed for the automotive parts business or for the hardware store business, but not with so many levels of pricing in them or not to deal with cores, which we had to do with a lot with the heavy truck business. So we started talking about developing a package for ourselves. So we, we did not write what became the legend package for Carmack With the idea of selling it to anybody it was to use for our own business and then after we had it running for about maybe a year and a half we had more and more factory people come by and say my gosh you ought to go sell this to other people that are distributors around the country they buy this package and so i gingerly went out to go start selling it at the beginning of
0: 82. wow so necessity is the mother of invention in this case. Right. Well, it was the mother of invention, wow. as, as, it, as it
1: has been many times
0: before. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. What'd you think about all that, Linda? Well? Were you impressed? Were you like, who is this smart guy I'm going to marry? <laughs> Probably more thought about the idiot she was going to marry a lot of times. So Linda, you've been around since day one, right?
2: Uh, I was not a Carmack employee from day one. Okay. Um, I grew up in a family where my dad worked for a company for 35, 40 years, so being part of a family business was completely new to me. Right. A little scary, and, maybe? Well, I, I observed his parents working side by side for many, many, many years. And um, when we first got married, I was a schoolteacher. And so I taught school for a few years and we had kids and stayed home and then started going into Sheen Body just to help with vacation time off for Mm -hmm. some of the girls. And that then when they installed the first electronic uh, inventory system, then I got pulled in to help enter things. So, And then it just kind of went day-to-day day after that and I stayed <laughs> you
0: stayed you sure did and we're glad you did yeah
2: and then when Carmack started end of 81 I was still working at Sheen Body until when April of 84 I believe
0: I think well, that's right so 30 it's 35 years of, of December 31st right of uh, 15 right right <laughs> okay the my math is not my strong point
1: the, uh, actually, no, years. it's the beginning of the, th- it'd be, it'd be uh, 35 years, we're starting our 30, 35th year as okay. of December 1 of, Fair enough. December 31st of of uh, 15. Yeah. So,
0: who was your first customer, your first real sale? Our first real sale was to a
1: company in Kansas City called Gooch Break, Gooch Breaking Equipment, Kansas City. I, I've talked about him a lot of times because he was, uh, you know, to have somebody say, oh yeah, I'm going to go ahead and... Buy a system from you. and by the way, I know that you've never sold one to anybody else, All right and have that much confidence. That's quite a compliment. Um, and so he, and he took a lot of risk to be our first customer. Uh, I really wanted him as a that type of person, as a customer because he was very well thought of, is highly respected, uh, great integrity. Uh, people uh, looked up to him, thought that he was he was a really square individual. I had built a nice business had a location in Kansas City and another one down in Joplin Missouri and uh, uh, started, started trying to sell him in the first day of 2000 no of, of 1982 it would be yeah wasn't it the first day of 1982 that I went on a trip and I think I'm telling you right yeah went on a trip to Kansas City it was a terrible snowstorm I drove uh, New Year's New Year's Day that night, the night of New Year's Day is when I drove out there, because the next day they were going to be back at work again. I, I guess maybe it was on a Sunday, that was a Sunday, and then then the, I, I'm, I'm a little confused on the days, but anyway, Monday, Monday mornings when I was out there trying to do a demo and drove out there on a Sunday night in a terrible snowstorm, I remember that, going across the state of Missouri. And getting there the next morning, doing this demo, and I'm doing it with a 300-baud dial-up modem. <laughs> Uh, actually, it was an acoustic coupler. It wasn't a dial-up. modem. Wow. It was acoustic coupler, <laughs> you stick the phone in there, and you could watch the, the lines go across the screen very slowly, you know, a 300 baud it was. Wow. So. But uh, Gooch would later on give me a hard time all the time and saying, well, what, my big mistake was having you do a demo for all of our counter people and the people that did purchasing and things like that, and they saw what you could do with your system compared to what we had before." and they really got them all excited. So then I couldn't, you know, I kind would of, left the genie out of the bottle, I couldn't get the genie back in the right. bottle
0: again, so I had to go buy a system from you. It's funny when you talk about these baud rates and, and stuff, and you know, back then, people were so fascinated that even one little tiny bit of information made it, you know, and now it's like, it's never fast enough! Right. <laughs> we
1: want more speed. What are you talking about? I've been sitting here for 10 <laughs> seconds, that sucker hasn't moved a bit. <laughs>
0: What's so on? i heard that also uh as a part of that trip that somehow you guys were waiting and somebody didn't show up but you used your house key and you were well, actually able to get in their building that was on a much later <laughs> trip that was in a trip in uh in i want to say it was april when we were
1: trying to do the conversion it was at the i think it was the end of april or the first of may when we we're trying to convert the system and the guy that was in charge of inventory was to meet us there on a saturday afternoon about 1 it was my recollection and we're standing there at 1:30, 30 and now it's 1 45 and now it's two o'clock and the guy's still not there and i'm like boy boy, i cannot believe that he's got tied up and just didn't show up and we got we got lots of work to do because we got this this changed around we got the date all moved but we got to put a lot of things in place we got a lot of work to do and we ended up working that night till probably one or two in the morning but uh <clears throat> while i'm standing there i'm talking to the guy next to me that's waiting with me take the keys out of my pocket, and I noticed that my, one of my keys is the key to Linda's parents' home, the back door of their house, and realized that that is the same brand of key that the lock was, and I'm like, oh yeah, there'll be a big, real big chance that that'll unlock the door, and I just stick it to the door and it unlocked
0: <laughs> It was <laughs> <the> <laughs> meant to be, <laughs> the matching <those> keys. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: so when the owner, uh, his name is Gooch Phillips, when Gooch Phillips came, came in himself later on that day, uh, Mike, the guy working for him, said, that I'd open the door with my key, and was like, "Oh wow, boy! Well, we used a different locksmith for that door. Out the front door probably wouldn't let you in." I said, oh, "I don't have any idea." Said, well, come on here, let's go try it. So I go with my key up there, and we try it, and it unlocks it just as well as it did the <laughs> other one. And he's like, "Well, try the outside of it, not just the inside." So I tried the outside and unlocked it. It worked every single place. Uh, he, had, he had the locks. He had the so, master key to Kansas City. So anyway. a few for a few a few weeks later. I mean, it was like maybe two months or so later. He calls me one day and says, I just thought I would call and tell you that we had a break in last night. And somebody came in and stole a bunch of uh, electronic calculators and electric typewriters and things like that. And I said, Well, man alive, that's really too bad. Why? Do they take part of your computer system? Oh, no, they didn't touch the computer. They probably looked at it and said, What the heck are we going <laughs> to do with that? But he said, uh, the uh, reason I called you is everybody's here said, Well one thing about it, we know what she machine he's got a key. Wouldn't have broken the doors in. That's a good they, what they did is they backed a pickup truck through the door. Oh that's wow. how they broke in. So they did a lot. They Smash and way, grab they did way more damage to the the door in the building than they mm. did in the way the equipment they took away. But mm.
0: So I have to ask you, so I'm, I'm certain that after that first sale, it was just blue seas. Oh, yeah. Super smooth yes. sailing. And then we got here to 35 years we later.
1: Needed to, we, back then, Jim, we would need to hire a vice president in charge of beating off customers. That was <laughs> one of our major problems, I'm sure. Not exactly. Uh, we, so. uh, by the end of that year, we had installed our, I think we would installed two more systems by the end of that year. And one was for an electronics company, not in our industry at all, that was in St. Louis, and they had a lot of this. They had a lot of similar issues, and they were managing inventory and things like that. And they were also running on Digital Equipment Corporation hardware, which we ran on. In fact, exact, almost a dead mate to the system that we used at Shimadi is what they had. Hmm. But their software was written in a way that, uh, without getting real involved here, but they weren't using floating point numbers in their software. They were all really characters, the way the the way the software managed it, so that when you got your numbers were so big they would fall off the left hand side. So they would, like the one their largest account had an accounts receivable that was above a million dollars, and their system only handled six characters to the left of the decimal point, so that just fell off the left hand side.
0: (laughs) That's never happened in my (laughs) checkbook. Just so you guys know, it's not been a problem for me. Anyway. (laughs) <laughs>
1: uh, we, we did their conversion and the accounts receivable was off to the penny, a million dollars. And I'm like, oh, that just cannot be. So we dug through the data again and again, about three times looking through it and went back to, in fact, John Lee Bell was involved in that whole process, went to the CFO at the company and explained that we were off a million dollars and they oh, that's the million dollars that always uh, falls off the system from TWA back then. <laughs> TWA Airlines was their biggest customer and they always owed them a million dollars. So that was the first bug. That was the, well, it was the bug, actually. It was, it was, it was an undocumented on, feature. It was a bug
2: on their software, on their old <laughs> software. On our
1: <laughs>
0: software, we actually fixed
1: it.
0: Yeah. Wow. So tell me about the first few years in business, and you know, the you obviously stayed your course, which is great, and you've built a heck of a business, and I want to talk more about your connections to Carlinville and the community, because I think those are great things, but I'm very curious about the early days and Linda maybe you can chime in on here you know what kind of challenges did you really have and did you ever think you know what maybe I should just give up on this or just did you ever have those difficult times oh probably Uh, I don't think we ever thought about just giving up
2: I never heard the words give up no (laughs) knowing Richard
0: I can't imagine that but I'm I'm sure there had to be some frustration
1: discouraged at different times absolutely Uh, I mean our second customer was a fairly good sized repair shop and he wanted repair shop software designed. So we made our first attempt at designing a repair shop package software for him. And then we actually got ready to convert the data. We just had a terrible time trying to figure out how to convert his data. Uh, we, w- at that time, we couldn't figure out how to go yank the data off his system and bring it over to, to the new system. And uh, so and we tried two or three different things that I thought I knew how to do. and. John LeBell, again, was with me working on this, and we were just beating our heads against the wall. Finally, we're saying, okay, how long would it take people to sit there and re-enter all this data after we print it out? Which is, now you know you're gonna have a bunch of mistakes if you do that as well. So I called this college friend that first introduced me to computers back at uh, SIU, what would have been five years earlier, a lot more, no, 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 15 years earlier, and asked him if he could, This was on Sunday morning, and I know he taught a Sunday school class in in Iowa, Iowa City, Iowa. And I tried to ask him before he goes to Sunday school class, could he explain to me how to do this over the phone? And he said, yes. I can't believe you're so dumb you can't figure it out by yourself. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, well, that was fair. That's a true friend. That was was fair. Tell me what I mean to be doing. He explained it to me. You just do this, then you do this, then you do this, and you'll have your answer. And I'm like, oh, I cannot believe I'm so stupid! I couldn't figure that out. Been working on this for two days. Went over there and had it running in half an hour. So that was, that was that was our first major learning or lesson on how to do conversions, if you will.
0: Fair we enough. You do a
1: slightly upgraded version of the way we do conversions. <laughs> slightly, today.
0: slightly. We still have our challenges yeah, now we and again do sometimes. So no, that that's interesting. So I I think uh, the story of how Carmack came to be as far as the name of Carmack. I know the story, but I'd love to hear it from you guys. And Linda, maybe you have your spin on this. Were you involved in this? Were you like, this is what it's going to be? I
2: was not at the be. table when it was decided, no.
0: So what was your idea to name it? You had to have one.
2: Um, I don't know that I really did. I mean, they there was a lot of discussion back and forth with Richard's whole family that was involved in Shebati. And I know they thought of things like Dome because of the courthouse. Ah, the, ACME and everything they came up with was they would try to submit to the state and they'd say no there's another software that's too close to that name so you have to come up with something unique huh and you can tell them how you got uh, we
1: kept we kept submitting names to them and I talked to this girl at the Secretary of State's office in Springfield this lady probably oh three or four or five times and she said you, you're gonna have to come up with some unique name like Kodak or something just that you dream up And uh, it's never going to be approved because there are just too many software companies in the state of Illinois. So in the conversations with her, we find out that her husband worked for a company in Carlinville. And I said, really? What company is that? She said, well, you know, I don't know the actual the name. He just started there. But the owner's name is his his name is Jim Sheen. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I probably probably know that company pretty well. So her husband worked for a a diesel repair shop that the family had started in Carlinville. So anyway, why, so she got she and I got to be good friends. We tried to come up with different names, and I came up with what if we had C A R for Carlinville and M A C for Magoopin County, and showed that to my mother. And a lot by the way, people say, so you had to ask your mother. Well, <laughs> yes, because at that time Carmack was owned primarily by my parents, and Jim and I were minor owners of it, just like we were of Sheen Body. Mm-hmm. Okay so they had controlling interest of the company easily and and it was not until uh, it was actually in late well middle of 1984 when we actually switched around ownership so that Linda and I had the control of the company So that's why I get my dates mixed up here probably different times but I know I remember that one Uh, but anyway we we submitted changing the C's to K's that was mom's idea Put K's on both ends of it so mom is the one that came up with why don't we put a K on each end? And so we we did that. Submitted that. Oh yeah, that's fine. And and her husband brought the papers to me the next day and handed them to me. What a great. They were story. all done. Yeah. So dome, huh? It's funny. <laughs> I hadn't heard that one. I like. Uh, oh, we had dome and we had global and we had and, and we were all as a family agree upon that we didn't want to say mid
0: Illinois or mid America because we weren't going to limit ourselves to right. just
1: the middle of the country.
0: The the interest. One of the interesting things about it is that you said that. There was so many software companies in Illinois that you kept running into trouble naming. And that's 35 years ago. Like, I didn't even know what software was 35 years 30. ago, so that's interesting to me.
1: It is, it is.
0: But there were a lot in the Chicago area. Sure. And and uh, she would come down and she'd do a comparison. I got
1: so I'd submit her like eight and ten names at a time, and she'd come back and say, nope, I can't get any
0: of them approved. So. Yeah. Interesting. So then uh, tell me about... How the Springfield office opened, and you you made a, a decision to purchase another company, and how that all came to be. Uh, well, that
1: happened in the in '97, but and we started talking about that probably in '96. I'm sure, maybe even before that. <clears throat> but I I really respected Renfo as a competitor, and and well, I mean our major competitors would have been ADP, who was a huge company. So we're not going to go buy out ADP. Not not even the dealer, not even the heavy duty. Uh, side of ADP Uh, certainly not at that time anyway and uh, we looked at other companies out there and said that the only company that we had great respect for their software had a good customer base things like that that would interest us as a as a potential company that we would buy out would be Renfo so we started talking to them and there were reasons why they might be interested in selling so we We started having that conversation and managed to get that company bought in uh, July of 97. And they had about 34 people working at their company at that time and they had a nice customer base and they were well respected. One of my main goals was to change the perception of the way the OEM truck manufacturers, which are basically four major companies across the country and, and out of the country. So Volvo that later absorbed Mac, so it was Volvo Mac together, and, and then uh, International and Freightliner and uh, Packard, which with Kenworth and Peterbilt, and Freightliner. And so those four major companies would look upon us and say, OK, there's a great big ADP and then there's just a whole bunch of little bitty guys. And I looked upon Carmack as being number two and Rinfo being number three. And then I, I, I had a number for some other companies out there. But the difference in the total number of customers they had wasn't that big. So the other companies didn't look at it that way. As soon as we bought Renfo, I mean within two weeks, every single manufacturer had called me and said, congratulations, I think it's just awesome. We don't need to wonder about who's the number two guy out there, it's definitely you guys, and let's clarify some things. So if we call you up and say we wanna come in and have a meeting with you about changing the way uh, we communicate with CarMac, then that means we would also be having the same meeting for, with Renfo, we do not have to go to Springfield, Missouri to have that meeting. We could just do it all in Carleville. And I said, that's right. He said, that would absolutely be awesome. We, we would totally support this whole plan. This is great. So, I mean, I heard that from every single manufacturer. So, in my mind, we went from being ADP being number one and CarMax just in with a whole bunch of other guys to we were immediately number two. And I, I thought that was a big effect for us. Something that I wasn't smart enough to think about, but it was a really big deal, is bear in mind this was in July of 97, and we don't think about it today, but year 2000 was a really big deal. Mm -hmm, (laughs) Took a lot of software changes to make year 2000 work smoothly. Well, we lost a bunch of competitors that were smaller. They They were just gone. I mean, all kinds of independent guys that sold to truck spring shops and independent parts stores and so on, they were they were out of business the investment to get the software up to date to handle that uh other two digits for the year was just really something that blew them away and it was expensive for us we, we our estimate was we spent a half a million dollars per package doing that so wow. this is in 19 you know what 1988 and 89 and the truck manufacturers uh, 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 no 98 99 my my brain's really working well right <laughs> 98 99 but the truck manufacturers um, one of the testing all done in like August and September prior to the, to the new year. Well, you can stop and think that that would be, I mean, they would, they'd want to make sure it really was going to work before we say, oh, hey, tomorrow's new year's day, let's go test this. <laughs> so, so, well, then after we had proven to them that we actually had it running and we had done that in, in like August, I want to say of, of, uh, of 99, uh, they were they went out and pushed people to move to our system and and uh, I, I guess we'd proved to them earlier because because uh, they we had people calling me up on the phone saying okay the factory just called and says we need to get a system from you guys because what we're on they're not confident is going to be converted so that drove a lot of business our direction so the timing of the Rinfo purchase and the year 2000 were both
0: big deals for us yeah and now here you are 35 years into it and yeah. uh you know, I, it's it's interesting that a lot of people don't probably completely understand the, the ties to the community in Carlinville that you, the Sheens, you know, in particular you as well, have... Uh, with, with Carlinville and the, the surrounding area, the different boards you're on. And I've been told that there's a water tower with your name on it. And I've immediately said, it says Richard Sheen, but, uh, <laughs> no. so I wanted to drive by it today to look at it. But how did that happen? Did you drive by it? I yet? did not. I don't mm-hmm. know where it is. Oh,
1: well, after we get through this, we'll have to go take a drive and go by the water tower. I was too to.
0: busy texting and driving.
2: Still. And, you know, <laughs> texting and driving. No oh, good. I'm glad to hear that.
1: Not at all. Uh, the, yeah, uh, uh, the, you know, there is a water tower out there. That's because the Sheen family built the water tower and paid for it. Wow. And it's on the Sheen property. And why they did that was because we had, my dad's business had about 42 acres, the whole, the whole complex. And we had about, a total of about eight companies that ran out of there, including Carmack at one time. And uh, found out that the insurance rate that we had was just awful because we, the only water tower we had was at the, really a little bit south of the Carlinville Square, what's probably like four or five blocks away. So it's quite a little ways away from there. And the, the big issue was you go out and check the water pressure. The water pressure was terrible out there. So here we've got this fairly large sized business that used wood in floors or truck bodies all the time. So we used, used wood inside the shops and you had traders parked in there and then trucks full of gasoline and diesel fuel, things like that. And the fire hazards were pretty stinking high.
2: The paint shop.
1: And also a paint shop. Paint shop. We had paint shop filter fires on different occasions. We know that. Probably a good
0: idea that I didn't work
1: there. <laughs> so long story, long story short, why they looked into the idea of, Dad did, looking into the idea of going out and buying a used water tower someplace. And that's that's what you could do is buy one and have them cut it, cut it up and tear it down and haul it to Illinois and put it back together. Really? You know. and where so did it, it, come? it came from Las Vegas.
0: No way. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: That is super interesting. I
0: didn't. I just learned of this today, so uh, I'm catching uh, up on my history.
1: Uh, and uh, I, there were several things that the city did that were kind of silly. I thought they, but the, and then and other things they did that I thought made really good sense. There's a million gallon water tank on the ground, not not up in the air, mm-hmm. but a million gallons of water in a tank on the back part of Sheen's property, and that was a deal that they, that was part of the deal when Dad made the made the arrangements with them that they would have right to use that property for the next 35 years. Uh, I can't even remember what the year was the water tower went up, but a long time ago. And uh, so it's water that's not in the lake anymore. It's, it's in town and they've got pumps that can get it up in the two towers pretty fast. And the tower that we managed to buy from Vegas was within a foot of the design of the tower that was on the other side of Carlinville. So that means that the balance, the two towers would balance each other as, I mean, obviously, the how, right. how they work is based on gravity. That you don't turn off, by the way, gravity. <laughs> it's, it's
0: not run by a power switch. So,
2: thanks so for explaining it, that to me. <laughs> well,
1: that's my physics background coming out there. So, so.
0: it's still operational today. The Sheen tower? tower is still oh,
1: operational. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shoot, it, it 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 provides the water to the north North Half of Carlinville uh, pretty
0: well. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It's a
1: three hundred thousand gallon water tower. It's a pretty good sized water huh. tower. So you uh,
0: were you born and raised in Carlinville. I was
1: born in Alton, Illinois, about 30 miles, 35 miles south of Carlinville, and then they moved from, Mom and Dad moved from Alton to Springfield after Jim was born, as well my younger brother by a year and a half. Who still works here today. Who still works with Carmack. And uh, uh, moved to Springfield, and then after, from Springfield, Dad bought this welding shop here in Carlinville, right. we moved to Carlinville. We moved to Carlinville when I was seven.
0: How so, about you, Linda? Where, did, where were you born?
2: Uh, I was born and raised in Heron, Illinois, down in southern Illinois, not too far from Carbondale. And oh, wow, okay.
0: And what brought you up here, Richard? Richard. Uh, <laughs> he also brought me here. <laughs>
2: <laughs> A lot of that going around. Wow. There?
0: So, and you're on. You already... and I have not kissed her. <laughs> <laughs> not in front of anyone. Uh, <laughs> no, not at all. I re- <laughs> no <trips> <laughs> We're kidding, we're kidding. So <laughs> not get any weird rumors. started. Okay. We so, can cut that out. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's interesting. That, you know, there's so many ties to the community, and I know that you're you're involved in several boards. Tell me, tell me what you're all involved in.
1: Well, the biggest thing I've been involved with for years is the hospital board, and it was just basically that we I got involved through the, I was uh, real active with the Carlisle Lions Club years ago. And the Lions Club created a committee called the Carlinville Area Health Committee, trying to bring doctors into town. And that's, my gosh, that goes back to probably 40 years ago. It was before Carmack. And and uh, after after being on the health committee, working with trying to bring doctors in for so long a time, well, then I got asked by people on the board to join the hospital board. So I joined the hospital board and then later on became chairman of the hospital board and had been chairman for probably 25 years. Yeah. But uh, uh, we, and we've managed to and I've got to say with federal money involved because we're a little bitty town, but in rural area, but uh, managed to build a new hospital and a, a lot, I mean, that wouldn't have been possible if we hadn't been able to raise a bunch of local money, which we did. So some were just from individual donations and a significant amount of money from uh, one family here in town that's been super duper to to work with on a lot of things for this community. They've done, they've done a lot of projects, a lot of projects people don't know about in the community. Hmm. They were behind, but they were very significantly involved with our hospital. And so our hospital was built in what, 2010, we moved into it, yeah. Oh. And so here, uh, what, five years later, because it, uh, it was in November that we opened up a new medical office building attached to the hospital. So I think that's pretty awesome that we managed to do that five, five and a half years later.
0: I wouldn't, wouldn't even do that about five and a, five and a quarter years later or mm-hmm. something like that, but pretty, pretty cool. That is. So 35 years is, uh, to me, and I just have to say congratulations again, Volte, that's a heck of an achievement, but when you really think about anybody starting a business and being successful and still in business 35 years later is, is pretty good. Uh, however, being in business in a software technology company for 35 years is really impressive. And then when you add being in business in a software company in a very small town for 35 years, I uh, what's the secret sauce? How, how did you do it? Uh,
1: people. People is the secret sauce. I mean, really, really. I have had more comments from customers over the years about how much they appreciate the way... The people at Carmack respond to them, and these are people from California, from Florida, New Jersey, you name you name a state, uh, saying, you know, I just cannot get over the attitude that your people have, that when we call in, our problem becomes their problem immediately. They worry about us. If that means they have to stay there and keep working on this issue until 730 or 8 o'clock at night, they do that. Uh, we've even called them at 730 or 8 o'clock at night, and they respond then, and they're, they're all over it. They try to get our problem solved. And I just think your people have a super attitude. Well, I think a lot of that comes from Midwest. That's just what we do here in the Midwest. We, a lot of people come from farm families, and that's just a common thing, that we have something broke down, we need to fix it, we got to get her going again. Mm-hmm. And people jump in and help with whatever they need to do. It's not like I've got this assigned job, and by gosh, that's all I do, so don't ask me to do anything else. That's not the way people look at things. It's interesting well, that's been a big asset for us yeah
0: I would say so and it's always like you can buy any product whether you're buying a car or you're buying whatever it is and it's always when something goes wrong and how that's handled is to me what the difference maker is in a right. business whether I go back or not and you're right I see a lot of people that are they're just all in and they they take ownership of it and drive it and drive it and there's some really good people here so uh is it also true that i am your favorite employee I, uh, I, I heard have, this I, I have not
1: heard that not? Before right, <laughs> right
0: now i think linda told me so that it's earlier. very possible that that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> maybe i heard something maybe it was jim sheen <laughs> so congratulations you guys i think uh i i'm curious you know 35 years of big mark of course and i'm pretty confident that carmack will be around another 35 so what do you see changing or challenges or, you know, what's your vision of the future for CarMac? Oh, that we've got a lot of work to do. <laughs>
1: That's uh, fair. I mean, I think we, we, we right now have a client-server product and we need to move into more and more web design. Uh, we need to uh, correct things that are not quite the way we'd like to see them be right today. I mean, one of the things that we've really prided ourselves in is to pay attention to what's going on in the industry and what we need to do to stay up with what's going on in the industry. And be really sensitive to issues that affect profitability or the management of of our customers. So I mean that's that's what our focus has been. So I, I think we'll we keep focusing on that. Uh, one of the interesting things is I have people talk to me all the time about isn't it tough to hire development people that really know you know how to do software development out in the middle of this little bitty town in the middle of Illinois? Well, yes, it is. It's very difficult. And if I go ask people at uh, Bellevue, Washington, how hard it is to hire software development people in Bellevue, Washington, which is about five miles away from Microsoft's headquarters, mm-hmm. they tell me that they really have a tough time doing that. And if I go talk to people in St. Louis, I hear the same story. So it doesn't make any difference where you are. So we're fortunate that with uh, the internet and uh, communications being the way it is today, I mean, we've got people that work for us that live in Michigan and Texas and Missouri. Some of them live in St. Louis. Some of them, well, you live in St. Louis area. I do. and. And uh, some of them drive back and forth here to work all the time. Or, I mean th- th- probably three, or four days a week, and other people come in here only once every couple of months, right? Uh, and we've got people who live in Northern Illinois. We've got Blackburn college graduates from our local college here in town that have worked for us for several years that live in lived in multiple cities, but they're still working for Carmack the whole time. So I think we've been very fortunate with that. And we've been fortunate to have, We've we've got uh, where we bought Renfo out, and back in '97 there were 34 people there, and today I think there's about 40. So we've actually grown that group. Right. And and there are a lot of development people uh, available in the Springfield, Missouri area. Springfield, Missouri is a very uh, got a lot of educational
0: institutions in Springfield, Missouri, so we've got a lot of graduates coming out. All right, I know we've hired a lot of folks down there. and yeah. it's, It is. I don't think people realize that Carmack has people in Florida, California, and yeah. everything in between. I don't know
1: and, why Florida is such a popular place for people to
0: move to, <laughs> but we've had several people left Carlville and went to Florida. It's just hard uh, to understand. Usually in the wintertime. I don't know what the deal is. Seems like the place to be. So, uh, I guess, you know, there's all kind of different questions, but I would have for you, but we we don't want it to make this thing six hours long as much as I enjoy doing that because I always enjoy your stories. But one thing I want to throw out there is, and i I'm curious of how this got started, and I'm curious of how it's still going. Talk to me about your quartet. Well, the quartet? <laughs> oh boy, That really is bad. Uh,
1: over the years, well, Back back when we had young kids, we sang in the church choir here at church. And the the lady that directed the choir picked the four guys that sat in the back row out and said, you know, I think you guys could actually be a quartet and we could have you do some special numbers different times. So we tried that. And she and her husband were real involved in pork producers in Illinois. And he, in fact, was an officer of the national pork producers. They They were in the hog raising business. And so they, they wrote a program, or they wrote a song called uh, uh, Six-Inch Loin. <laughs> so one of the one of the first songs we sang as a quartet other than church songs was... I can't
0: write down my note now. <laughs> <laughs> Go
1: ahead. It was about, about six-inch loin and how important it was when you're...
0: We may need to take a break. I think that's you're raising, a stroke.
1: When you're raising kids or when you're raising pigs, you're trying to come up with a six-inch loin. That's the goal. <laughs> so oh, oh, won't you be mine? Oh, six-inch loin. That's kind of. <laughs> and it just got oh, worse. Oh, six-inch loin. Won't you be mine? Yeah. Those are words. So your group but is still anyway, together. <laughs> anyway, we have sung off and on. Well, that that group was the first quartet that we had. But over the years, for different. Fundraisers, primarily in Carlinville, some for the hospital, some for other other things, and for the for the uh, chamber of commerce dinner, for entertainment and things like that. The quartet has sung songs for musicals, or uh, like from uh, uh, Music Man. The quartet and the Music Man. The quartet actually came together to be the quartet, and the Music Man performed here at the college. So the four of us were singing in that, and. Uh, like I say, we've had the quartet together lots of times over the years. In fact, we were just gonna play this past Christmas once again with the quartet. So we have a good time together. Probably, probably sung together for 20 years at least. That's great. Something
0: like that, yeah. No, I, I'm sure a lot of people didn't realize that you did that, and it's yeah, a fun, it's a fun, nice good thing. Well,
1: I, I always sang the easiest part because I sing lead, so it's it's pretty much the melody.
0: <laughs> So you kind um, of sing lead here a little bit too, I, I right? I do, in I your do. current role. It's sing lead yeah. in your current role. So uh, I'm kind of jumping back a little bit because I'm writing some notes because my brain's always a little bit scattered. But it, it, what is your advice to a new employee here coming on at Carmack today? Like, what would you? What would your nugget of knowledge be for that person? Uh, I guess to try to figure out
1: what the, what you would like to do. Uh, which may not be what you were hired to do, but figure out what you would like to do and how you could learn the most about that so that puts you in a position to be the person involved with that job, whatever that is. I mean, we certainly are used to the idea of people moving around after they get here. Absolutely. It's pretty hard to explain to people that are coming on board what we actually do because <laughs> we've got people that are trainers and designers and, and uh, people that are writing code, people that are testing it. Right. People answer phone after answer questions for customers over the phone and help them through problems and feedback to the dev- developers. Hey, listen, this is a problem here we haven't run into before. We got to figure out how to deal with this. So
0: so find your passion and find your and passion do that. and go after
1: it. Yeah. So would you say and that smile. would be? Smile. <laughs> and I got to work on my smile. Uh, well, one thing about you, do, you do not have to work on your smile. I don't know anybody in the place that smiles a whole lot more than you do. So.
0: I don't know if that's a compliment or yeah. not. I'm so confused. Lynn well, and I
1: have talked about whether you're demented or not. <laughs> we, well, don't
0: think, we don't think so. There's several folks that could chime yeah, in on that. So how do I segue? Uh, I, I guess the <laughs> same advice. Would that be the same advice you would? Let's say I decided that I wanted to start a new uh, software technology company, of course not competing against the Sheen family. <laughs> uh, yeah. What would you? What would your advice be to me? Well, uh, you, you need to be passionate about it,
1: whatever company you were going to try to start. You better be decided that you better have in your head, okay, this is really going to work, and I'm going to stick with this, and we're going to make this thing come together whether it's a software company or some other company. I, it, I think you really have to be passionate to be uh, an entrepreneur and make it work because it's just it's never as simple as you think it's going to be you can lay out your plan any way you want to lay it out and it's not going to turn out to be the way you you plan for it to work because (laughs) something's going to change or or four or five things are going to change right yeah and i you know i think sometimes things just kind of drop into place and work wonderful but that's that's
0: that's by far the exception rather than the rule right well congratulations to both of you for sticking it out (laughs) And thank you on behalf of so many people that you've employed over the years. I mean, you've you've employed a, a good portion of of the Carlinville town and then you know surrounding areas. And you know we we always think about the software and solution and services that we provide. But as a business, you provide a service that you don't talk about a lot, which is you're supporting a lot of families, right? A lot of families have their livelihood on Carmack. So thank you for that on behalf of not only the current employees but you know past and and And
1: i've had i've had local business people approach me different times and say you know i just want to say thank you uh carmack is really a bigger impact than i realized it was going to be when it first started out here in town and part of that is because you you have employees that are paid enough they can afford to go buy a new car and that's what we sell, <laughs> so so we're glad to have customers that can afford to right. go buy a
0: car from us. Supporting yeah. a lot of other businesses yeah. too, yeah. that's a good point, I mean yeah. there's a rippling effect. So that, I think that's pretty cool. So yeah, pretty cool. Linda, I am going to bother you one more time, and I know you're thrilled about that. So I, <laughs> my question for you is what, what qualities do you really see and admire in Richard the most? You probably know him better than anyone, I would have to assume, uh, despite him and I kissing. <laughs> Uh, okay, that's just a story. Y'all. God, God. Like what, seriously, like what qualities do you see in him over and over the years that you think, wow, this guy has really got
2: it? Well, integrity and passion for whatever he's doing. And he has a mind that can think of multiple things at once, which I'm not wired that way, so that's always fascinated mm-hmm. me, that he could come out of the shower with three new ideas i think that's called add now yeah it may be they probably didn't identify that when he was in grade school but but uh and just a person that stays the course
0: you know it's interesting because i i've i've said this comment multiple times behind your back richard and it's a good thing uh We'll sit in these leadership meetings week after week and I we'll have these discussions and sometimes they're they're passionate discussions about what we're gonna do or whatever thing we happen to be talking about. And Richard'll kinda sit there for a minute quiet, but here it comes and it'll it'll sometimes it'll seem out of left field, but then I find myself frustrated with myself because like why didn't I think of that? It seems so obvious. So Richard always has this ability to just solve the problem and his his saying is well you know I think that's a pretty good idea what do you think about that Jim and I'm like oh, dang it why didn't I think of that so I'm always impressed with that that uh, decision making process is one of the things that I I get most impressed about Richard when we're, we're having meetings other than all the other things of course we've talked about but uh, kudos to you for putting up with all that all these years because I'm sure there's days where he, you want to slap him around a little bit. And oh, Richard made a gun pointing thing, so I don't I don't know if she's got her concealed carry, but I'm a little nervous now. So uh, my, story, I, my story that I've told a
1: few times is that uh, people people asked Linda years ago, have you ever thought about divorcing him? And she said, No, but killing him is gonna be my
2: <laughs> But I don't I don't carry a gun. So. No, no
1: we, we don't have a gun at all. Okay. <laughs> That's good to
0: know. Uh, so, and also, you're, you know, this is a family business, too. So your son, Mike, also works yeah. at Carmack in and, uh, and a sales group. Uh, your brother, Jim, is also in sales. They seem to, I, th- I think, in my, so my question is, let's say that you weren't the, the CEO and founder and you were an employee here. Where would you be? Like, what job would you want to do here? Boy, I have to think about that a
1: little while. I mean, you were the first
0: salesman, right?
1: Yeah, but I'm a, I, don't, I never have considered myself a very good salesperson. Uh, I think monitoring how the software is being developed and things like that is probably where I'd stick my nose. But I'm not, I'm not super technical either. I just, I,
2: What did your college professor tell you you would do? Yeah, my
1: college professor in physics at Greenville uh, said my junior and senior year, I'm not sure what you're going to end up doing, but I can tell you that specifically what you're going to end up doing, but I can tell you that what you're going to do is you'll be an interface between business people and technical people because you understand both sides and, you, and you'll, that's what you're going to spend your life doing. Primarily being a liaison between technical people and business people.
0: I think there's a word for that. And, entrepreneur? Well, <laughs> I, that I, right? just,
1: I just Sorry. think, I think that's by the way, that is kind of what I've done right. over the years. I mean, I think that's what, that's what CarMAC's all about, is trying to take that business problem and figure out a technical solution to the business problem so that it's not such a
0: big problem anymore, it's easier to manage. So, Good. So, Richard, you know, it's interesting, and I, I, I think we were talking about this podcast. Again, this was Cindy Sim's idea uh, that she took from me. So we were having this discussion in the leadership meeting about this, and Cindy and I talked about it and what it would look like. We thought, this is a really great idea, and, you know, what would that look like, and what do we want to talk about? And, and and the story is, right, so I bring it to the leadership uh, meeting, and my question, I, you know, we're going to talk about doing a podcast. This is going to be a fun thing. People are going to kind of get an insight to our business and our culture. Uh, and I looked at Richard, and I said, so, uh, Richard, do you know what a podcast is? And I thought he was going to slap the head right off of me because he's like, well, are you kidding me? And he pulls out his iPhone, and he's got all these podcasts, and he's telling me <laughs> to listen to it. I'm like, oh my, I didn't mean that, I like, <laughs> assuming he didn't. But so Richard has... Uh, uh, as Carmack has we have Facebook we have Twitter and we have what else Cindy we've got multiple social media uh, Carmack.com we can find a lot of that stuff there but Richard is it's J.R. Sheen Hi. S.C.H.I.E.N. that's the at sign in front of that so if you want to follow Richard uh, and then our Facebook I guess you would just type in Carmack if you could find that and those are updated and posted and I can tell you Richard Post I, you post multiple times a day so usually, you know, the,
1: I'm, I'm usually reposting things that came out in industry publications that I think are useful and interesting.
0: And, you know, that's that's a good point, And I don't think we really touched on that is Carmack, yes, we're a software company and we're all these things, but the. The, so connected to the industry is as, as yeah. that's your life's work, right? Yeah. And a lot of companies can start software, but they're not focused on that area. So your life's work has been in the heavy duty trucking industry, and that commitment to the industry shows not in only your your you know social media kind of stuff, but the investment we make uh, sending people to dealer academy, and how did that get started, you know?
1: You know, I'm not really sure about, but I think it was a suggestion from the people that ran the dealer academy, saying, you know, if you'd ever want to do that, we've invited other people, but nobody's ever really taken us up on it. And we and we started sending people to the dealer academy. I think we've got like 15, 16 people at least that have been through it now. At
0: least. Yeah. And we farm some talent from there. And oh, yeah. you know, the, yeah. there's, I think the industry experts that we have on staff here really is a difference maker because you've you've lived that life i mean you coming up through sheen body and a lot of your family members still work here as well and that's in your blood right and again that's your life's work so that's a heck of a commitment and 35 years of that's pretty cool so we can we can learn a lot of stuff so anything else you guys want to add before we wrap it up i don't have any idea how long we've been talking but it's been super fun we should do this every day. Oh yeah, yeah. No, yeah. No. <laughs> I've <learned a> lot. <laughs> well, I uh, I uh, per- personally appreciate this. As, I don't care if this is on or off to be able to interview guys on this because. You know, not a lot of people get the chance to sit down with somebody that starts a business and ask all these kind of questions and have a good time doing it. So thank you personally for me. And I know these guys have been super excited uh, to do this. Ethan, thank you for being our sound guy over there, just fiddling with those knobs the whole time. I am keep waiting for him to look up and go, start over. It's not recording. (laughs) But thank you guys for. There's a lot of talented people behind the scenes that put this together and, and get it out there for everyone. So well, that, when I was in high
1: school, that uh, tape recorder over there, on the right side of Ethan would have been about uh, eighteen <laughs> inches across. I think something
2: like that. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> the technology is pretty cool. It's so changed quite a little bit. So thank you guys, and uh, that's really all I had with it. All right, I think you're good. Awesome. Thanks for listening to the Carmack Podcast. Please check our website at Carmack.com and follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Richard Sheen can be found on Twitter at JR Sheen, and that's S-C-H-I-E-N. And you can follow me at jallenCarmack on Twitter as well. And I'd love to hear your feedback and advice on future guests and what you'd like out of the podcast moving forward. As we part... Please enjoy the sounds of the Prairie Sound Quartet, starring Mr. Richard Sheen. Have a great day. My
1: wild Irish rose, the sweetest flower that grows. You may search everywhere, but none can compare with my wild Irish rose. My wild Irish rose, the dearest flower that grows, and someday for my sake she may let me take the bloom from my wild Irish rose, my rose. The bloom from my wild
2: Irish, wild...